Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Joaquin Evans. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. I hope everyone is doing well at home, that you're being blessed. Man, I tell you, I, uh, we're having fun in the studio. It's as uh, much fun as uh, 10 people can, can have. Um, but uh, I sure do miss worshiping with everyone in person. <clears throat> you know, something just happens uh, when you get in the glory together. And, and uh, I love our community. We just love being in the glory. We love being in the presence together. And uh, I tell you, I'm so excited. I'm excited for what God's doing in this season. I'm going to talk about that a little bit. But I'm excited for when we get to come back together uh, as a whole body in worship. I think something explosive is going to happen. I, I believe it's going to be an amazing, amazing time. Uh, but I believe that God is preparing us and, uh, and growing us and building us even, even for that time. And uh, that's what I want to talk about a little bit tonight of what God's, what God's doing in us, what I believe that he is, that he is speaking to uh, the body of Christ and uh, what he's establishing in us, you know, <clears throat> God is God is never surprised <laughs> at the circumstances at hand. He's not surprised at what's going on. Listen, God is not caught off guard. If you haven't figured that one out yet, <clears throat> God's not caught off guard by what's happening. And uh, when we lean in, uh, we we tap into the mysteries. We tap into the understanding. We tap in uh, to what's on His heart. And I believe this. I believe that God is inviting his bride to come out of this season stronger than when she went in. And I believe that you, you, the news media can call it uh, what they want, but I believe that by the Lord's de- decree that this is an incubation season. And there's been so many radical uh, the words of, of radical breakout and revival coming, uh, fresh moves of God coming, that I believe that the body of Christ is actually in an incubation season right now, that we're going to break out of this time uh, with with more revelation, more intimacy, more authority, and more increase in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. <clears throat> yeah, we, uh, we are doing good. Just hanging out as a family, resting, um, just spending time together, going a little bit stir-crazy, <laughs> but, uh, but loving God in, in, the, in the process, in the moment, and I pray the same uh, the same for you. You know, amazing things happen in the rest uh, of the Lord, in the presence of God. But I want to I want to speak to uh, to the uncertainty of the season and the uh, you know the trials and and uh, the pressure that this season uh, maybe ma- feel like it's mounting for some people. And I want to speak to you specifically, some people who feel like you're in that that place. And you know. God doesn't test us uh, to break us, and, uh, but God will allow tests to come to build us because God has a vision for us. God has a purpose, and he's got a plan for us. Listen, God isn't, isn't into our destruction. He is into us stepping into the full measure of glory that he's created. He is a good father, and he desires the best for his children. And I love, you know, our senior pastor uh, back in Reading, Bill Johnson, 
uh, says that, that God can win with whatever hand he's dealt. And we said it already, God's not surprised by these circumstances. He, he didn't dictate this. We live, we live in a, a, a fallen world, but he's not surprised, and he can win with whatever hand that he's dealt. And God will use these circumstances to grow you and to increase you and to grow his bride. Listen, God will allow things to come into our life, not as punishment, not, not to pull us down, not to, not to break us, but to build us. God's, God, when God allows tests to come into our lives, it's not, it's not so that he can check and see if we're failing or we're, we're passing. You know, we have, there's this whole thing in society, a test anxiety. And just the mention of the word test gives some people anxiety. And, uh, and <laughs> maybe rightly so in some reason. <clears throat> but there's different t- types of tests in the world. There's tests that, that check your acumen. And there's tests to see if you're passing. There's tests to see if you're falling. But in construction, when you're building something, there's also this thing called a stress test. And I preached on this last year. But the stress test isn't to see you fail as much as it is to see you accomplish the vision that you're being built for. And when, when an architect is building a building, the architect needs to know that that, that that building can support and sustain the vision that it's called to. Nobody wants to build a building just to see it fall in two weeks later, two years later, 20 years later. They want that building. They build that building with vision in mind, with glory in mind. There's, there's this positive engagement. There's this dreaming that goes in to the construction. What is going to happen in this place? What is going to be possible in this place? And that's how God looks at you. And he's building this glorious structure in you. And, but part of that is knowing that one floor can support the next. You want to know that what you're building, before you go on to build the second floor, the first floor can support the second floor, and so on. And so God will allow tests to come. Now, the, the, the architect, the, the construction worker, the contractor, they will allow a stress test to come, not because they want to see it fail, that's the key. They don't want to see it fail, but they need to know that it can sustain the more. And so God will use seasons like this to, to, to find out what's going on in the inside. Because our internal victories become external victories. And, you know, in, in uh, I used to rock climb and, you know, climbing ropes have a, they have a, a, uh, a a weight limit that are that is uh, <clears throat> given to each rope, and it it has a basically a breaking point for each rope, and they, it'll tell you it can sustain 3,500 pounds. And how do they know that it can sustain that? Because they put it under the stress test, and they actually put more weight on the rope, and then more weight on the rope, and then more weight on the rope, and more weight on the rope, until the rope finally breaks. But what happens is that 
that if that breaks at 3,500 pounds, then you know that the rope is safe up to 2,500 pounds. Say, and, if, and if I'm a climber at 200 pounds and I know that this rope has been tested to 3,500 pounds, I'm feeling pretty confident getting on that rope and climbing over and over again. Listen, God's got a vision for you. He's building something amazing in you. And I want to ask you this. In, this, in the midst of the chaos going on in the world around, the confusion, anxiety, I want to ask you, what's going on on the inside? Because we are called to calm storms. But you have to, you have to calm the storm inside before you can calm the storm outside. And notice that Jesus in the boat, when he stood up to calm the storm, he came out of rest. Jesus was sleeping in the boat. He literally was in the place of rest when he rose up and released what he was carrying. And God, God wants to use this season to grow you and to build you and to release something beautiful and powerful in you. You know... <clears throat> I, uh, again, this is a repeat for some, I shared it a while back, but <clears throat> many years ago, I was uh, walking down the hallway at, at church in, in Reading, and um, you know, I wasn't coming from a prayer meeting, I was, it was a work day, and just between meetings, walking down the hall, and the Lord spoke to me very clearly. And uh, it's, not, it's not something that I had been pondering on or that I was praying in. And, and I was, didn't just come out of a prayer meeting or a worship set. I was just in the, in the busyness of the day, walking down the hallway. And God spoke very clearly. And he said this to me. He said, did you know that lack is just a test? And I said, and my immediate response to that was, yeah, I, yes, I, I believe that's true. I, lack is a test. Because it's not your highest for us, it's not your best for us, it's not what you're designed for us, um, and that you will allow us to go through thin seasons to prepare us for the fat seasons, so to speak, that I realize that that's a test. But then he said this, he said, when you pass the, t the test of lack, it prepares you for abundance. Oh no, that's great. Then he said, but did you know abundance is also just a test? Now, to be honest, that caught me off guard. I was like, wait a minute, God, isn't, isn't abundance your design? Isn't that your desire? Isn't that what you're, what you're wanting for us? Isn't that what you're drawing us through the, the test of lack for is to carry abundance? And, uh, and he said, abundance is also just a test, but you pass the test of lack and the test of abundance the same way. The key is where your heart is anchored. And I, oh, God, that makes so much sense. And then he said, when you pass the test of abundance, it prepares you to carry the greater glory. And I realize, obviously, lack isn't God's design, that he will use that to grow a, a framework inside of us to carry more. But what I didn't realize is that abundance in the, in the material also isn't his highest or his best is designed for us. He'll use that to continue to grow that framework inside of us. His real goal is that we would carry the greater glory. Yeah. 
What does that mean? That we would be drawn into so much intimacy with the Father. So much friendship that where we go, atmospheres change, that we affect and shift atmospheres. They don't affect us. That storms don't disrupt us, we disrupt storms. That we can wake up from sleep and calm the storm. That we can step out of peace and bring peace to any tumultuous situation. That we are carriers of the goodness of the glory of the kingdom realm. That that is what he's calling us and drawing us into. Is to be carriers of the greater glory. And now I want to I prophesy over you, and I actually believe that God has spoken to me about this season, and He is speaking to the bride, and He is saying, Come away with me. Because when you come away with me, I can do great things in you. And when you come away, you come back again more glorious, carrying the greater glory more prepared for his purposes and his increase. And I actually believe that God has spoken that that he wants to use these next three weeks specifically. And now now I know there's many people watching, but I'm speaking to Bethel Austin. I believe he wants to use these next three weeks specifically to increase our intimacy. To, to draw us deeper. I believe he, there's, an, there's an offering card on the table. Will you come away with me? In this season, thank you, Jesus. You know, there's a there's a beautiful story um, in the Bible in Second Samuel. If you got a Bible, I know you're watching from home or wherever you're watching, but hey, it's still church. Come on, <clears throat> and we are still gathered, even if it's even if it's virtual. But um, in Second Samuel, there's this story of of the ark, 2 Samuel chapter 6, and I'm just going to read a a verse at the beginning, just to set the little context, in verse 2 of chapter 6, and David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Bel Judah to bring up from there the ark of God, whose name is called by the name the Lord of hosts, who dwells between the cherubim. And it's, it's, the, it's the story of uh, the, the ark. When the Israelites lost the ark, the Philistine had the ark for a season, and uh, that didn't go well for them. Uh, God uh, sent uh, sickness, and, and uh, their, their God continued. They'd come back, and he was falling down and, uh, every morning. Um, and to the point where they're like, we can't hold this, this glory. This belongs to the people of God. And so they gave the ark back, and then... Um, David has, has a heart to move the ark to where he's living, the city of David, Jerusalem. And it goes through <clears throat> the different stages of him moving the ark. And we know that at one point, as the final, supposed to be the final journey up to the city of David, and the cart that the ark is on stumbles, and Uzzah puts out his hand to steady it, and the Lord strikes him at that point at that point. And I want to I want to jump into the story there. And uh, it's interesting. So that right after that in verse 10, Uzzah dies and then in verse 10, so David would not move the ark of the Lord with him into the city of David, but David took it aside into the house of Obed-Edom. 
<clears throat> Let me back up one more verse. Verse 9. Sorry, I should have started there. David was afraid of the Lord that day, and he said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? Now, I want to just paint this picture that that they, were, that they were going along as planned, everything was going smoothly, but then in this moment, uncertainty didn't just grip David, it gripped a kingdom. They're like, what, what just happened? Like, this doesn't make sense to us. And I want to tell you this, that, that we as a, a world, as a nation, we might be in a season of uncertainty. And David... And David had a pause moment with his relationship with God. Like, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do here, what I'm supposed to do with this ark. I had a plan to bring it home with me, but I'm not sure that that's supposed to happen now. I'm going to set it aside for a moment because of his uncertainty, because of of, uh, the turmoil that that one moment created. And everybody's like, what do we do now? And David set the ark aside. And look at what it says here. It already says he took it to Obed-Edom's house. And in verse 11, the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all of his household. Listen, <laughs> the presence of God came to Obed-Edom's house. I want to tell you, the ark is in your house. That's my message for you today. The ark is in your house. And in this season of uncertainty that that David didn't know what to do, the kingdom didn't know what to do, and David took the glory seat, the mercy seat, the presence of God, and he set it aside. And that setting aside happened to be in Obed-Edom's house. And Obed-Edom received it, but he he didn't get uncertainty as a return. What did he get? He got blessing. Not just for himself, but his whole household. That his, that, his, <laughs> that his children, his herds, his flocks, his livelihood, his whole household was blessed with increase. Because the presence of God was there. And there's, there's a coming away right now in this season that I believe that the Lord is using to prepare us for what he has next. The ark is in your house. You know, one of the best messages I, I ever heard was a, a preach about, about this, and um, it's uh, Bishop Joseph Garlington, and this amazing man of God, and he's blessed with the ability to sing and preach and revelate all together. But he gave this message, but he, but he sang most of the message. He's got, he's got uh, Clarence's keyboard that comes with him and plays while he's singing. But he painted this, picture, this theatrical picture, almost, of what did it look like for the ark to be in Obed-Edom's house. And he, talked, he painted this picture the, the first night that, that Obed-Edom is laying in bed with his wife and the ark is in the living room. Could you imagine? <laughs> And they're laying in bed, and they're kind of buzzing in the presence. And Obed-Edom looks at his wife and says, do you feel that? She says, yeah, you feel that too. And he says, can you sleep? She says, no, can you sleep? No. And finally, they don't know what to do, so they get up out of bed. And they just go, and they sit before the ark. 
in the living room, and I just begin to worship God in His presence. And next thing you know, one of his children come out, and they join them, and, and another, and, and their, their wives, and their children, and now you got a whole household, generations together, just worshiping the Lord in his presence. And then he goes on to say the next day they go out to, to, to feed and to milk and to tend their flocks and their herds. And, hey, aren't there more sheep there than there were yesterday? <laughs> How did that happen? And day after day, they would just gather around the presence of God. And day after day, they would realize that God has brought increase upon their their household. Now, you know what's interesting? In verse 12, it says this, Now it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. And it goes on to talk about the, the great celebration and the procession. But listen, in a season of turmoil, in a season of uncertainty. It, the whole nation didn't know what to do in that moment. And the glory was set aside, but it was brought into one man's house. And the blessing that fell upon that man's house, it didn't just recalibrate, it didn't just turn, but it recalibrated the heart of the king. And then David said, Wow, I was afraid of the ark for a moment, but I was wrong. Look at the blessing that's been bestowed upon Obed-Edom's house. And David actually stepped back into the purpose and the call and the design. And he said, no, I have to go back to the original plan. I need to bring the ark back to the city of David so the whole nation can be blessed. What is God desiring to do in you, and listen, not just you, in your household, in your household in this season. Can the bride come up out of this season? Look, I believe that the bride is supposed to crawl out of this season, not because we're weak, but because we're weighty with glory. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> you know, God wants, God wants friends more than he wants servants. We all know it in John 15, 15 says, I no longer call you servants, for a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. I call you friends. Listen, God is... God is wanting growing friends that everything that everything God is building at the beginning we talked about an architect and, and God is the great architect of all creation he spoke it all into existence but what God what God is building has to be built on relational equity God doesn't want 
a, a household of servants. He wants a household of friends. He wants a household of, of lovers. He wants a household of intimacy. And I believe that God wants to grow relational equity with the bride in this season. He wants to grow relational equity with you in this season. Thank you, Jesus. You know, <clears throat> friendship is developed in rest. And it, it's okay when God calls us to come away. You know, some of the most powerful things in the scriptures happen when God calls us to come away, when he sets us apart, when he draws us away, either in good times or even in hard times, but when there's a coming away, something powerful happens. How many people know that God called the children of Israel out of Egypt? And there was some hard, <laughs> there was some hard situations around all of that. But he calls them out of Egypt, and even then, they go into the desert, but they're in the desert with a, a cloud by day and a fire by night. They're in the desert with Moses and the tent of meeting. Guess what? That's being called away. But powerful things would happen with Moses when he would go into the tent. And powerful things would happen with Joshua when Joshua would stay in the tent. Powerful things happen when God calls us away. He calls us into rest, into his presence. Thank you, Jesus. In, in, Mark, in Mark chapter 6, Jesus says this to the disciples in verse 30 and 31. Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all the things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. <laughs> it's powerful. Now listen, the context is that he had just sent them out two by two. And we know that, you know, he sends them out two by two and he tells them to go into to whatever city and eat what's set before them and heal the sick there, tell them the kingdom of God is at hand. He, he sends them out with authority to, to, to uh, cast out demons to heal all manner of sickness that Jesus sends them out and they go and they do the work of the kingdom. And so when it says they're telling him all that they did and all that they taught, they're, they're giving him a report of the work of the kingdom. But, I, but notice how Jesus responds to that. He, do, he doesn't just say, that's awesome. Go straight back out and do it again. What's he say? He says, that's awesome. Now come and rest with me. Why? Because I have more to give you. Why? Because I can see your first floor, your foundation floor is built stable. Now come away with me and, and so I can build on the second floor. You know, what's crazy is that they can't even, in this, in this moment, they can't even get away because of the multitude. The people are finding them, tracking them down, running after them. And in this, in this case, the people know where they're going, and they, and they get there before them. And the story goes on. This is where Jesus feeds the multitude. But again, Jesus, in the midst of the chaos... <laughs> Like you're trying to get away and you can't even get away because the crowds are th 
thronging, and they're with you for several days. Like, that's another level of chaos. But Jesus dips in to the peace that he's carrying. He dips into the intimacy that he's carrying, and he, he breaks off the bread from in here first. Now notice, they didn't get away in that moment, but the Bible says over and over again that Jesus would withdraw by himself to pray. That Jesus would go up on a mountain and pray. That Jesus was trying to teach them a key to walking in kingdom breakthrough and kingdom revelation. Thank you, Jesus. In the last last verse, and then we're going to pray to the people. But in Ezekiel, I love this, a friend, a friend just sent me this today. He and I have been talking about uh, rest a lot. And uh, in Ezekiel, I'm going to read out of 46, but just to set the stage, uh, Ezekiel 47 is a very well-known chapter, and it's the, it's the, the river of God. And it flows out of, uh, from the throne. Uh, it it fro- blah, blah, blah. It flows <laughs> under the threshold east. And where this river flows, every living thing lives. And that there's trees and the, that bear fruit in every season. And the leaves are for the healing of the nations. And that this, this river is a famous reference about where the kingdom of God goes, where the Spirit of God is released, everything will live. There will be life. There will be abundance. There will be breakthrough. Beautiful, powerful imagery. But in verse 46, it says this. uh, Sorry, in chapter 46, the first verse, it says this. Thus says the Lord God, the gateway of the inner court that faces towards the east shall be shut the six working days, but on the Sabbath it shall be open, and on the day of the new moon it shall be open. So this river that flows east under the threshold and every living thing lives, that gate is closed the six working days, and what day is it open? On the day of rest, the day of Sabbath. Listen. Something glorious comes out of rest. Something glorious comes out of rest. God isn't building an army of servants. He's building an army of friends. He's building an army of lovers. And I believe that he's calling us to come away. The Song of Solomon Come away with me, my lovely, my bride. And then at the end, it, who is this coming up out of the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? I believe that God is using this time to call his bride away. Did he, is he causing the coronavirus? Is he causing sickness? No. Is he using this season to accomplish his kingdom purposes? Absolutely. I believe that there's a great river, if you want to use the Ezekiel 
picture. There's a great river coming. There's a move of God coming. There's a breakout coming. There is a breakout coming off of this season in the church. There is a move of God coming. But I believe that God is speaking to us to come away with him, to allow this season of rest, to get into his presence, to press into intimacy, just to press into friendship, just to to spend those hours, to spend that time on the floor, to spend that time in the word, and just say, God, fill me. Refresh me. And out of that place, he's going to break out. The bride's going to come out with new increase. I'm going to call the team back up here. And I, again, I'm speaking to to our Bethel Austin family, but I believe that God is prescribing three weeks of to come away with me. Come away and be in my presence. Come away and just sit with me. Come away. The ark, like Obed-Edom, the ark is in your house. (laughs) And listen, if the ark, the ark is in your house, the last thing you want to do is just create busyness. If the ark is in your house, listen, <laughs> if the ark is in your house, the last thing you want to do is just go about your day like nothing new is happening. No, God is saying, come away with me. In the spirit, we have to have a hearing ear and say, God, here I am. Have me. I'm going to pray, and I want, <clears throat> I want us to give this time to the Lord, I, I, again, I, three weeks, I feel like, I, and I'm just, I'm prophesying. Bethel Austin, I'm prophesying. I feel like God is carving out a tent. <laughs> Moses met with God in the tent. Joshua met with God in the tent. I believe he's carving out a tent for three weeks. And he's saying, come away with me. Come away with me. What if, no, listen, what if we could come out of this season crawling? And I don't mean just like pretty language. I mean like we actually dove into the presence of God as a community, each in their own home, meeting with the Lord, meeting with the Lord. We got this extra time. Here I am, God. Have me. Here I am, God. Visit me. Here I am, God. Grow our friendship. Here I am, God. And What if we came out of this season crawling, not because of weakness, but because of weighty glory? Lack is just a test, but abundance is also just a test. And when you pass the test, it prepares you to carry the greater glory. I'm going to pray, and then the team is going to take us into a song. I know wherever you are, if you're in your homes, I just ask you, if you are if you are resonating in your spirit with this, and you're like, yes, God, I want to come into the tent with you, then I'm just going to ask you just to respond during this song, whatever that looks like. <laughs>
you. You stand up in your living room. You lay on the floor. I, I don't care, but you're just saying, God, I, I want to respond to this invitation. Wow. So, Father, I just say, come. Huh? Holy Spirit, come. Come, come, come. It's time to awaken your bride. It's time to awaken your bride. It's time to raise up your bride, God. Whoa, not a household of servants, God, but a household of friends, a household of intimate lovers. So Holy Spirit, we say be released with intimacy, Father, into every house, Father. We release the revelation that the ark has come home with you. <laughs> It's with you, it's with you, it's with you. And he's wanting to bless your whole household and all of your possessions, your livestock, your children, your grandchildren, all of your possessions, the blessing that comes in his presence. Come on, let's adore him, but let's, let's let him build a tent over us as we worship him together tonight one last time. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.